Good morning, church. It's so nice to be worshiping with you all.、Uh, we're so glad you're worshiping with us this morning.、Uh, we are glad you're here with us.、Um, we want to welcome you this morning. It's awesome. I hope that you are enjoying our worship service so far.、Uh, feel free to hit the like, share, or subscribe button if you are on YouTube right now.、Uh, once again, we also have.、Um, People on live chat,、uh, which is to the right on your computer screen. If you are on a computer,、uh, we are ready to answer any questions that you may have.、Uh, if you are visiting us for the first time,、uh, you have come at the right time because we are starting a new sermon series called、uh, "Agree to Disagree."、Uh, but before we start,、uh, please join me in a word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. Thank you so much for your love and just allowing us to gather this morning.、Uh, God, may you bless us this morning as we look into your word, as we dive into your word,、uh, to learn what you have to say to us this morning. God, grant us wisdom, grant us favor as we study your word this morning together.、Uh, bless our time in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. I believe many of you would agree with me that we are living in a time、uh, which is a very difficult time right now.、Uh, some may even say that we are more divided than ever before as a country. In a way, I I don't think we are just polarized.、Uh, we are separated as people. There are the rich and then the poor and then the whites, the non-white,、uh, religious and non-religious, male and female, the Republican, the Democrats. There are young and old people, gay and straight, the environmentalists versus the global opportunists,、uh, the millennials, the Gen Xers, and the boomers, and, and the list goes on. Right?、Um, when And when we、uh, narrow down the scope, just looking at ourselves, right, the Christians,、uh, we are even worse、um, when you think about that. Christians disagree almost about、uh, about almost everything. And when we disagree, we usually start a new church.、Uh, to be honest with you, and this reminds me of a, a kind of funny story I once heard. Uh, about an old old guy who happens to be a Christian, and he was being rescued from um, uh, from a uh, uh, deserted island. And、uh, after so many years living alone、uh, on on that island, and when he was、uh, picked up, and the captain said to him, "You know, I thought you were stranded alone, right?" He asked him. Well, and then he said, "I was," replied the castaway. And then, why are there three huts on the beach then?、Um, And then, well, he said, the first one is my house, and then the second one is the is where I go to church. And then the captain asked, "What about the third one, then?" Right? Well, he said, "Oh, that's my old church." As funny as that、uh, story may sound.、Uh, You know, we we do sing songs like you know at church. We do sing songs like you know we're not divided,、uh, all one body. We are one in the spirit.、Uh, we are one in the Lord, right? We sing those songs. Christians are mostly united about our love of dividing.、Uh, if you doubt this, check out the Wikipedia article called. 
the list of Christian denominations. I mean, this is kind of a funny article. I mean, the article lists hundreds, I mean, hundreds of different denominations, including various branches of Orthodox churches, various kinds of Catholic churches. Uh, there are the Lutheran Church uh, or the Lutheran denominations, and then a very long list of Methodist churches. And then there are the Presbyterians, uh, the Pentecostals, the Charismatics, and many, many other branches and twigs on the Christian family tree. And of course, uh, you can't leave the Baptist out, right? You have the major groups uh, listed, the Southern Baptist, the American Baptist, the Conservative Baptist, uh, Baptist General Conference, uh, National Baptist uh, and the progressive Baptists, right? I mean, the list just goes on. And then there are some groups that are um, a, a bit more uh, esoteric, right? Uh, there are groups like <clears throat> uh, Old Baptist Union and then uh, Old Regular Baptists, uh, Old Time Missionary Baptist, uh, General Association of Baptists, General Association of General Baptists, uh, General Association of Regular Baptist Churches, uh, General Six Principal Baptist, and my personal favorite, I kid you not, the Two Seed in the Spirit, Predestinary Baptist, right? Um, I'm, just, I'm teasing the Baptist because we are a Baptist church, and also that happens to be my own spiritual uh, heritage. Uh, but you could say, uh, much the same about the other groups on the list, right? The bottom line is that different opinions are guaranteed. Conflict will occur, uh, but we don't need to be hostile about it. Uh, Max Lucado even said this. Uh, he said this, uh, conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. Right. Let me say that again. Conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. So today uh, we're going to dive into God's word to see what it means to agree to disagree. And as a matter of fact, we're going to narrow our focus a bit, uh, a bit more. And we're going to focus sp specifically on the question, how do you go discover God's will in areas where Christians disagree, right? As we begin our discussion, let's start with the observation that Christians have been disagreeing with each other since the very, very beginning. In fact, the New Testament itself, right, records some of the early arguments among believers. Uh, when you read Romans, for example, and First uh, Corinthians, uh, you 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 discover that Christians uh, disagreed on things like eating meat offered to idols, on uh, whether or not to observe the Sabbath day, or uh, on whether to eat meat or be a vegetarian, or, uh, and also whether or not to drink wine. Right in Colossae, the church was torn by controversy over the proper row of angels, uh, new moon celebrations, and then a proper diet for spiritual Christians, right? And then in Thessalonica, uh, the young church was deeply confused about the second coming of Christ. And then in Philippi, 
There was evidently a major power struggle within the church, which is why the book of Philippians contains such a strong plea for unity. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing: there are some core doctrines that we believe in are non-negotiable, and these are fundamental issues having to do with. Things like the Trinity, right? The deity of Jesus Christ, His virgin birth, sinless life, atoning death, and bodily resurrection, the nature of、um, the Bible as God's inerrant word, salvation by grace through faith, the certainty of the second coming of Christ.、Um, The resurrection of the dead, and then the the reality of heaven and hell, and then the promise、uh, of eternal life through Jesus Christ. I mean, the list goes on. While the precise wording has often differed, and while some groups、uh, have emphasized、um, one doctrine over another, right? True Christians have always affirmed these doctrines. And you can find these things、uh, most of the times, right?、Uh, in 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 various ways in the earliest、um, creeds of the church, and then in today's context, we can find these core doctrine mostly posted on、uh, most of the church's websites. While these core doctrines are non-negotiable,、uh, what do we do when it comes to the other stuff, right? What about、uh, The other stuff. What are we supposed to do when it comes to stuff that has nothing to do with the fundamentals of our faith, right? Stuff that has nothing to do with our core doctrines. What are we supposed to do then, right? So today we're going to go into、um, uh, a passage. We're going to look at a passage where two people. Who really have been through so much together, serving together and defending together, and then they disagreed so sharply that they parted ways. Right? If you have your Bible, turn with me to、uh, Acts chapter fifteen. And in this chapter, chapter fifteen,、uh, we're going to see two different kinds of conflict here, and two different outcomes. And I'm going to start with the later part of chapter 15 and work ourselves backwards to the beginning. And、uh, so that, that's what that's our plan. Okay, that that's what we're going to do this morning.、Uh, let's begin with verse 36. If you have your Bible, turn there with me to verse 36. It says, "Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, 'Let's go back and visit.'" Believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him, because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took, Barnabas took Mark. And sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commanded by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. 
You see the context of chapter 15 here is in the book of Acts is that Paul and Barnabas had returned from Jerusalem with a decree of the apostles um, and, and the elders def- uh, defining and defending the gospel against the legalism of those who would uh, force Gentile Christians to become Jews. Right, making them undergoing circumcisions and placing them or placing themselves under the law of Moses. Right? If and and because of that, let's look at verse one. Let's go back to verse one, and it says this. It says certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Right? So we are presented with a conflict here and it caused a disagreement. But here's the thing. Remember what I said earlier. Sometimes some things are negotiable while some things are non-negotiable. Right? And in this case, the argument is based on a doctrinal issue. And my opinion is that uh, it is non-negotiable. And, but even though it is non-negotiable, it still requires a resolution. So take a look at what happened and how uh, they handled this. Right? Look at verse 2 with me. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way. And as they made their way down to Jerusalem, they told uh, how the Gentiles had been converted, right? They were reporting to them. uh, This news made all the believers very glad, right? And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church. Uh, They were, uh, and the apostles welcomed them. The elders welcomed them. Uh, These are the people whom they had to report everything to and, and telling them how God had done a great thing among them, right? Um, you might have thought that the argument about uh, the Gentile Christians had to be circumcised and be under the law of Moses was only uh, happening in Antioch. But here's the thing, though. But it's also happening here in Jerusalem, too. It's happening in this church in Jerusalem. Right. Look at verse five. It says what? Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said what? The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. And interestingly, this time they didn't get into a dispute or debate. Instead, they met and talked about it. Uh, they gave and and then and then they after the talking about it they gave an explanation right look at verse six and the following it says the apostles and elders met to consider this question after much discussion Peter got up and addressed them brothers you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. 
He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. You see, after this, they continued telling people about the wonderful things that God has been doing among the Gentiles through them. Right? They even quoted a、uh, passage from the Old Testament. Right? The book of Amos, specifically saying what? Saying this, as it is written, after this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it. That the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things—things things known from long ago. James then concluded the meeting by saying, in verse 19, he says, "It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God." Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and is read in the synagogue on every Sabbath. And so that's what they did. Paul and Barnabas returned from Jerusalem with the decrees in their hands、uh, of the apostles,、uh, of the elders, defining and defending the gospel against this legalism、uh, that was going on in Jerusalem and、uh, as well as Antioch. Right?、Um, they also returned with Judas and Silas.、Uh, it was it says in the text the two men who had been sent. Uh, by the church in Jerusalem to accompany Paul and Barnabas to go back, and more importantly, this is really important to、uh, their job is to bear witness to the decision as they brought this news back to Antioch, and look at the positive outcome、uh, after they have shared the letter.、Uh, look at verse thirty-one.、Uh, it says the people read it and were glad for its encouraging. Message. After that, Paul and Barnabas stay on for some time, teaching and preaching along with other people,、uh, probably making sure that the errors of the Judaizer、uh, was laid to rest and no more false teaching in Antioch. They wanted to make sure that put to rest on all these things, and so that、uh, the this is the first conflict. Right, it has to do with the gospel, which is, in my opinion, it is non-negotiable. Right, it it should be yours too. It should be non-negotiable when it's when it comes to the gospel. It has to do with the Bible,、uh, the Bible teaching and uh, interpretation. Uh, they handled it well. They met and talked about it. Uh, the uh, they talked about the problem and all that, and they provided a resolution. Right at. Uh, ultimately, at the end, they they took care of everything, right? At the end, people were blessed. That's the most important thing. Now let's take a look at the 
next conflict, the second conflict in this chapter, will begin in verse 36. We kind of read it earlier. It says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued uh, with them in the work. So let's pause here for a second. Uh, You see, don't. The, the thing is, a lot of times we rush through this uh, as we read this. I would say don't rush uh, past the last sentence here because it, it's, uh, it is a, a reference. It, it is a reference to an incident that took place on their first missionary journey. Basically, three of them uh, had gone out together, Paul, Barnabas, and uh, Barnabas, uh, Barnabas' uh, young cousin, John Mark. Right, their cousin. If you didn't know that, um, in their travels, they came to Pamphylia, a which is a coastal uh, province of Asia Minor. Right, so it's a town that near the coast. Uh, and Luke tells the story this way in Acts chapter thirteen, which is two chapters before this, in verses thirteen and fourteen. It says, "Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos, and came to Perga in Pamphylia." And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch and Pisidia. The most interesting fact about this passage is what it doesn't say. We can't be sure why John Mark left the team and returned to Jerusalem. Uh, In looking at the itinerary, uh, it's clear that the easiest part of the journey was behind them already. Ahead of them is a long mountain trek uh, into possibly unfriendly towns, right? So they have to probably walk a lot of uphills and uh, maybe run into people who are really unfriendly about Christians and, and things like that. Perhaps it was more than what John Mark had bargained for to begin with. Perhaps he couldn't get along with Paul uh, who knows, right? Maybe uh, he felt that he he felt that his cousin Barnabas uh, should be the leader, right? Perhaps he was homesick uh, for Jerusalem. He, Luke didn't provide a whole lot of information here. Uh, from reading these words, you you would not infer any problems uh, behind the scenes at all, right? You couldn't tell. By just reading these two verses. But this much we do know, right? As a at a crucial moment, John Mark suddenly left the team. No one knows the exact reason, but one day uh, he just said, I'm leaving. So he left Paul and Barnabas and returned home. And when the time uh, when when the time came for the second trip, uh, Barnabas said, Well, let's give him another chance. To which Paul basically said, no, no way, forget it. We're not, talk- we're not going to take him with us. So they argue over whether to take John Mark with them on the second trip or not. Right. So Luke, the writer of Acts, right, is recording all this. I mean, look at verse 39. Look at verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. 
Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, right? But Paul chose Silas and left commanded by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is no simple argument here. It is a sharp disagreement. As a matter of fact, this particular Greek word means a violent, a hostile, angry, harsh, sharp, bitter disagreement. Right? Eugene Peterson spells it out uh, this way in the Message Bible. It says, Barnabas wanted to take John along, the John nickname Mark. But Paul wouldn't have him. He wasn't about to take along a quitter who, as soon as the going got tough, had jumped ship on them in Pamphylia. Tempers flare, and they ended up going their separate ways. Here's the thing. It's not like Barnabas and Paul were having a conversation like this. Well, I would like to take Mark with us. Well, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I'm, I don't think that's a good idea. But he's such a fine boy. But he left us. Well, let's pray about it. No, no. They weren't uh, that nice to each other. They weren't that nice about it. In fact, the verb is being used here is in the perfect tense or imperfect tense, um, which means a continual quarrel, uh, unending, unyielding, ongoing, heated, intense, deep disagreement between them. Their argument was continual and it was contentious. Uh, they didn't just argue once and then let it go. They argued over and over again. And the more they argued, the angrier they got. Barnabas knew he was right and Paul knew that he was right as well. And at the end, Paul and Barnabas disagreed it so sharply that they finally decided to go their separate ways. Paul found a replacement, a man named Silas, and went north toward um, Asia Minor. Uh, Barnabas, Barnabas took Mark and sailed west uh, toward Cyprus. Uh, having found no way to patch up their quarrels, um, they, they separated and then they went on their ways. Here's a... Uh, here's an interesting fact. Uh, God's work is sometimes advanced through disagreement. Let me say that one more time. God's work is sometimes advanced through disagreement. Right? Let's do a simple before and after analysis. Right? Before the argument, before the disagreement, two men one team, one place, right? After the argument, after the disagreement, you have five men, two teams, two places, right? Let me do a quick recap, right? Before the trouble, there are two men, Paul and Barnabas. That's it, right? One team going to one place and they were going to Asia Minor. And after the argument is over, you have five men, right? Paul, Silas, and then Timothy was added to the team, uh, the next chapter. And then, so that's one team. And then Barnabas and John Mark is uh, the other team. So you have two teams going to two different places. Uh, one team going to Cyprus, the other one going to Asia Minor. Thus, the gospel is now being spread by more people in more places than ever before, right? This is important. 
that uh, that happened as a result of this sharp, strong personal disagreement. And let's add Romans eight twenty eight into the uh, to the equation, right? And we know that it is all things, even our sharp disagreement. God works for those, or work the good of those who love Him, right? Uh, even in spite of these disagreements, God works for the good of those who love Him. But we got to keep this in mind, though. This does not justify anger or bitterness. Um, but it does illustrate the biblical principle that God is able to make the wrath of man praise Him. As I was uh, preaching, uh, or as I was preparing the sermon, uh, my son was actually near me and he asked uh, a very interesting question. He said, uh, since they fought, right, did Paul and Barnabas ever meet again? And the answer is no, they did not, at least not on earth that I know of. It was not recorded in the Bible anywhere that they met again. But here's an interesting fact that I want you to know, right? It is the rift that Paul has with uh, Mark about ditching them on their first uh, missionary journey. Interestingly, John Mark shows up years later in a surprising way. When Paul was lonely and in prison toward uh, pretty much the end of his life, he was about to die. He asked for Mark and called him helpful to me in my ministry. Look with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, we'll begin in verse 6. It says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. You see, as bad as how Mark has failed in the past, Paul did not hold any grudges against him. Instead, Paul wanted him to be by his side, to be near him towards the end of his life. I think I find this so amazing, right? Uh, and, and, and that's the second conflict we see in this chapter. It has to do with a personal preference, right? Which is negotiable. It has to do with a ministry uh, preferences. Uh, preferences. Uh, they didn't handle it very well, but they were, uh, and also they were unable to talk it through and they went their own separate ways. At the end, God still blessed them as well as their ministry. And people came to know Christ. And that's the most important thing. And to me, this is just amazing, right? In closing, I want us to look uh, or to go back to the original questions I asked earlier in the beginning. How do we go about discovering God's will in areas where Christians disagree? 
right? In other words, how are we supposed to uh, know what to do when we, the Christians, disagree? I have five things for us to look at. First is that we must recognize that there are many differences even between believers, right? We need to realize that we need to understand that differences will occur but not just between us and the people who are outside of the church, but also within the church, within the believers, between the believers. There could be differences, right? And the second thing I want us to think about is we should take note of who it is who differs with us and why, right? Who are they? Why are they having different opinions than us? Right. Third, we, we should seek to discern the source of our differences and the seriousness of the issues involved. Right. Is it that important that we have to argue or disagree on these things? Right. And then fourth, we should seek to discover uh, whether the whether the, the difference is a matter of uh, the gospel or a clear biblical teaching or doctrine or whether it is a matter of interpretation of personal conviction or of individual gift and calling right it really comes down to uh, is it negotiable or versus uh, non-negotiable and lastly we should seek God's guidance as to the appropriate response based upon the nature of the difference and upon the scriptures governing our response to it right the bottom line is this right we're all different and that's okay we may not agree on everything and that's okay too right uh, we we're gonna have different opinions right uh, and this week earlier this week I came across a post on Facebook um, it is a post from Tim Keller he says tolerance isn't about not having beliefs. It is about how your beliefs lead you to treat people who disagree with you. I thought this is a, this quote is so good. It's so fitting for us to think about this morning, right? Sometimes in, in the family of God, we're going to disagree. We're going to have different opinions, right? And that's okay. But we do have to love one another. And that is a non-negotiable command of Jesus Christ. That is found in John 13, 35. No matter how much or how passionately we disagree, we still must love each other. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. Thank you so much for your word this morning. God, we know we are different in many ways. Sometimes our opinions may be different. But God, help us to continue to love one another while we still have disagreement. God, help us to open our eyes, open our minds to understand each other. God, help us to to speak the truth in love and help us to... With our words, uh, may may it season with salt and fill with grace. As we continue to spur one another up, God, may you bless us as a church. Grant us unity. 
as we grow together in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us, for worshiping with us this morning. I hope you had a great experience. Um, May God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.